a reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. The coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thanks be to God for these words. A reading from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hand and his side. 
Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Thanks be to God for these words. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. How are we going to break out of the lockdown? And when we do, what plans have we got for establishing our freedom? Freedom from these social distancing rules that so many special advisers find impossible to keep. I hear apparently that Bunard Castle is lovely in the spring. The anxiety expressed by so many about, is it safe outside? Will there be any sport to watch? Or will I have to continue to watch the Korean League for my football fix? Will there be another flare-up if things reopen too quickly? Will there be sufficient testing? Will this track and tracing system work? What will the workplace environment look like when I return? Will the schools fully reopen before the summer? If I have had the virus, will this make me immune? Will there ever be a workable vaccine? Etc, etc, etc. There are so many questions for all of us. I suspect that we will find that the challenges we experienced at going into the lockdown will be as nothing compared with the challenges of coming out of it. And for each of us, we will require some courage to overcome our fears and anxieties. There is still clearly so much that we do not know. Big challenges to be confronted when all we have at the moment is conjecture. And for the church too there is much to ponder about when and how we will reopen our doors for public worship. Will our services need to be structured in a different way? How do we socially distance when the aim of worship is about gathering together? Will we be able to receive communion? And what about, for Methodists at least, the importance of singing of hymns? Opening our locked doors and leaving behind our rooms may require a lot of thought, imagination and courage. Recognising that as we venture forth, the world has changed and actually so have we. Our story from the Acts of that first Pentecost finds the Apostles in a similar position to us. In our locked rooms, fearful of what lies outside, and getting familiar with the sense of being in lockdown and uncertain about what the right thing is and how on earth we can go back outside and be truly ourselves. I do not agree with those who have determined that Pentecost is the birth of the church. It is not. The church exists to proclaim and confess who Christ is and the birth of the church occurred when each of the disciples confessed who Christ was for them at Caesarea Philippi. But who do you say I am? Peter answered him. You are the Messiah, Mark 8 verse 29. The sole reason the church exists is to confess Christ, to demonstrate and live out Christ's message in word, worship 
and deed. But occasionally we need to be reminded. We need a bit of a kick up the backside. We need the Spirit of God to challenge our timidity. The Spirit of God to inspire our thinking. The Spirit of God to burn away our lack of faith with the warming of our hearts to our neighbours. There are many, far too many, who do not know that God loves them. And as a church we have focused too often on those who regularly come into our buildings and forgotten the many outside who are unaware of the grace and mercy of God, those who cannot find healing and forgiveness in their lives. The story of Pentecost is a reawakening rather than a birth. The church had lain in slumber in that period from Christ's ascension. God was now to wake them up, kick them out into the streets, fearless in the face of the dangers that awaited them from the Roman and religious authorities that wanted to destroy the Jesus movement before it had got started. That part in the story with the Cappadocias, the Pamphylias, the Phrygias, etc., etc., relates to all of the known parts of the world at that time. Luke is stating that Jesus' message is no longer to be restricted. It was there for all to hear. The good news is that God's love is for all people to know about. And the church on that day of Pentecost could no longer remain as a holy club or a holy bubble, but rather they were to roam free, to demonstrate God's love with courage, defiance, and sheer bloody-mindedness in the face of appalling opposition. Jesus the Saviour, this gospel to tell, joyfully came, came with the helpless and hopeless to dwell, sharing their sorrow and shame, seeking the lost, saving, redeeming, at measureless cost. Jesus is seeking the wanderers yet, his love only waits to forgive and forget, home weary wanderer home, wonderful love, dwells in the heart of the Father above. What are the areas of our lives that we have locked down, the patterns of worship we are comfortable with, that have prevented us from experimenting, the relationships we have soured, the people we have judged or excluded? So where are those areas of our life where we need the courage to break out? The day of Pentecost is a celebration that at any moment where we as a church think we are comfortable and safe, God intervenes. God breaks through and offers us a new normal, a new start, a chance to think again about how we live our lives and how we get our church going again. For we know in our hearts what we as individual followers of Christ and collectively as a church should be doing. May God's Spirit be in our hearts, calling us and setting us apart to give the good news to the poor, to tell prisoners that they are prisoners no more, tell blind people that they can see and set the downtrodden free and go tell everyone the news that the Kingdom of God has come. My prayer for each of us this week is that we allow ourselves to be open to hear God's Spirit speak to us and through us to those around. Is God calling you to something new? Are there new ways that you could be serving the Kingdom of God? So may God bless you and keep you this week. And if you do need that divine kick up the backside like the disciples did, then be faithful in how you respond to it. The Spirit has come to set us free. So let us go and serve the Lord. Amen.